Hi, Rob Shank here. Welcome to Shank Talks Bonhoeffer. And that's just what I do on this podcast. I like to have casual discussions of an extraordinary life, an individual who contributed spirituality, theology, morality, concepts of ethics and human relationships, just a remarkable individual who was multidimensional. And I say this over and over again, I'm going to bore you by saying it again here. If you know Dietrich Bonhoeffer only as a courageous prophetic voice during a terrible time in human history, if you know him only as a brave soul and martyr, then you know about 15% of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. The rest of that 85% is found in his thought, his intellectual life, his thinking on a, a range of critical subject matter, particularly human relationships and theology, but also uh, ethics and moral philosophy. He left us a lot on all of those subjects and more. And in this introductory series, I hope to do just that, introduce you to these different dimensions of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And I hope to do that through the institution that I've helped uh, to found. And you can find out more about that, the Dietrich Bonhoeffer Institute at tdbi.org. It's that simple. It stands for the Dietrich Bonhoeffer Institute, tdbi.org. You can also find us, of course, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, and other social media. Uh, you'll, you'll find us there, and you can participate in our conversation about this remarkable individual who left us so much and is so relevant for times in which we are living. So please do explore tdbi.org. We have lots of resources for you there. We have publications. We have commentary analysis. We have tools for you to use in applying Bonhoeffer's ideas, just what we're talking about today. And uh, we hope that you'll become a friend of the Dietrich Bonhoeffer Institute and help us to perpetuate and to apply the great legacy of this remarkable man. Well, if you're going to get to know Bonhoeffer, you absolutely must get to know his thinking. He was a towering intellectual. And while he lived with his feet firmly planted on the ground, engaged with the real world, whether that was with his family, with his large uh, galaxy of friends and uh, professional relationships, whether that was with the church that he served in Germany as a pastor or the institutions, that he directed, including uh, a seminary, or whether that was engagement with the state. Uh, in his circumstances, uh, that would have been principally with the corrupt and tyrannical government that was headed by the dictator 
Adolf Hitler, uh, the Nazi regime in Germany. He was fully engaged in that struggle as well as uh, the, the dissent and the resistance to that tyranny. So this was hardly a guy who lived in an ivory tower and isolated himself. He was hardly a navel gazer. This was a guy who took his rich thought, prayer, and reflective life and uh, took that and applied it to the reality of his times in a way that helps us to apply those same ideas to the reality of our own times. So uh, today, what I hope to do is just give you an idea of some resources you can go to to start appreciating, understanding the way Dietrich Bonhoeffer saw the world, uh, saw his responsibility as a Christian vis-a-vis the world, uh, how he saw his obligations to his fellow human beings and to God. All of that is found in a number of volumes I want to recommend to you. So uh, here we go. I've pulled them off my shelf. They are certainly not an exhaustive library, but certainly a place to start. And I'm going to begin with the kind of seminal work on Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer was, I would argue, principally a theologian. He organized his thinking around his concept of God and the relationship between God and humankind, human beings and God, and human beings to one another through Christ. That was a very, very important idea of Bonhoeffer's, that whether we name Christ or not, whether we recognize Christ or not, we relate to each other through Christ. And that's an idea uh, that you can explore in depth through the volumes that I'm about to introduce to you. Let's start with this seminal work on the theology of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. That's the title, The Theology of Dietrich Bonhoeffer by John D. Godsey, G-O-D-S-E-Y, the late John D. Godsey, one of the first Bonhoeffer scholars, uh, at least in the English-speaking world. And this was really the first treatise on Bonhoeffer's theological concepts. It was published uh, in the early 1960s, but was updated later. And I, I'm going, I have uh, a more recent edition, uh, which is part of the Bonhoeffer Secondary Studies series. And I want to read to you just uh, a couple of highlights in here. And I'm going to go to page 27, which deals with Sanctorum Communio, Bonhoeffer's first dissertation, which I hope you will tear into for yourself. I've talked about uh, Bonhoeffer's dissertations before. It's necessary if you're going to know this guy and how he thinks you've got to go to Sanctorum Communio, the communion or the fellowship of the saints. And here's a point that uh, Godsey makes in uh, this section, a and it has to do with Bonhoeffer's concept of the church. He, that is Bonhoeffer, 
is fully aware that the church is more than a mere religious fellowship that could be exhaustively uh, interpreted by a phenomenological investigation of its structure as takes place in sociology of religion. But at the same time, he is convinced that Christian doctrines are completely understood only in relation to their social dimension. That's a very profound thought. And in many ways, it challenges evangelicals like me, other forms of Christian spirituality that tend to separate spirituality from social um, obligations, social responsibilities, social dynamics. Evangelicals are particularly individualistic. We like to isolate. It's just me and the Lord. You know, it's, it's me and Jesus and nobody else. Personal relationship with Christ. We emphasize that, and for good reason, I believe. But the downside of it is it can often isolate us in a lonely spirituality uh, or a kind of antisocial spirituality. And that, according to Bonhoeffer, contradicts the essence of the gospel. Uh, God so loved the world, and Bonhoeffer is big on engagement with the world that God loves. And Godsey will help us to fully appreciate that and much more. I'll give you just an idea by uh, going through quickly the uh, table of contents. By the way, I should mention to you that this was published uh, by, I thought I had it here, yeah, uh, Wittfenstock, Eugene, Oregon. So this is The Theology of Dietrich Bonhoeffer by John D. Godsey, G-O-D-S-E-Y, published by Wittfenstock, originally in 1960, uh, but has been uh, revised, and the publication date on this particular edition is November of 2015, so very recent. And just to go quickly to the table of contents, chapter one, theological foundation, chapter two, theological application, chapter three, theological fragmentation, and uh, final chapter four, theological evaluation. Uh, this is a pretty in-depth treatment. You may have to read it you know, uh, read a, a few pages over, you know, a couple of times. I do. And I do a lot of highlighting and I make a lot of margin notes just to say, you know, I need to explore this elsewhere. But if you read no other book on Bonhoeffer's thought life, do pick up The Theology of Dietrich Bonhoeffer by John Godsey. Uh, I'm going to go next to a book I've just started. In fact, I'm only on page 14. So I can't say a whole lot about the book itself, but I can about its author. The title is Understanding Bonhoeffer by Peter Frick. I know Peter very well. He's one of the top Bonhoeffer scholars in the world. He is a native German speaker, so he has read and studied Bonhoeffer in his native German, which if you know about Bonhoeffer's use of language, that's really important. 
In fact, I have a German tutor who's helping me with that because I don't speak German. I don't read German. I hope to at some point. I'm not too old to learn a new language. Uh, but Bonhoeffer's use of certain German terms uh, is absolutely critical. It, understanding why he uses these terms is, un, is critical to understanding how he thinks. So uh, I really trust Peter to do this, and I've been with him. He advised me on my own doctoral work involved with Bonhoeffer. Uh, Peter is a very popular lecturer, uh, as well as a deeply spiritual man. So again, when when you talk about Bonhoeffer, when you treat Bonhoeffer's thought life, you are also treating his spiritual life, his interior life, his contemplative and reflective life. All those things have a bearing on his thought life. And uh, Peter gives us a great uh, volume here. And I've sat under Peter when he has lectured on these subjects. And I'll read just uh, the, the description of the volume. Uh, by the way, this is published by Moore Seibeck, which is a German publishing house, but it is an English book. In this volume, Peter Frick attempts to answer the question of how to understand Bonhoeffer by examining different aspects of his thought in a comprehensive manner these essays, which were written between 2007 and 2014, illuminate the hermeneutical, philosophical, theological, and social dimensions of Bonhoeffer's writings. And while Peter does structure the book like a textbook, I mean, this is an academic uh, publication, at the same time, he, he writes in and a very accessible manner. So this isn't off-putting, this book. Uh, and I've enjoyed it already. Just the 14 pages that I've read have been very helpful to me. Uh, Peter has really treated Bonhoeffer's intellectual formation very well. How, you know, he came to approach these questions in the way that he did. And, you know, very often, the more you understand about the thinker, the better you understand the thought. And that's what Peter Frick's book, Understanding Bonhoeffer, offers. And I'm looking forward to finishing it. Maybe you'll finish it before I do, and you can comment on it at our website, tdbi.org. Um, another book I pulled off the shelf for you is... Uh, by Clifford Green, another great Bonhoeffer scholar. I've had the opportunity to talk with uh, Dr. Green on a number of occasions and read quite a bit of his work. But uh, the one I think is most relevant to this discussion is Clifford Green's Bonhoeffer, A Theology of Sociality, which gets right to the heart of Bonhoeffer's first dissertation, Sanctorum Communio, and that lays the groundwork for everything that would come after that in the years that Bonhoeffer would be a church leader, uh, a, 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 a shaper and former of the church, of the witness of the gospel in Germany, 
uh, as a theologian and an ethicist, all of that was built on this foundation that Clifford Green uh, treats in Bunhofer, A Theology of Sociality, uh, which is published by Erdmans. It came out originally in 1972, but was updated in 1999. And again, just going to the table of contents, uh, Green treats interpreting Bonhoeffer's theology, uh, human sociality, and the new humanity of Christ, Christian anthropology and social ontology uh, in his Act and Being, which was his second dissertation. Uh, he deals with the movement in Bonhoeffer from the phraseological to the real. Boy, you may think that that sounds really esoteric and inaccessible and arcane and uh, kind of like, you know, uh, a little high-minded. Wait till you read that section. It's going to help you see how Bonhoeffer really put his theology into practice in the real world with real people facing real problems and how the gospel addresses that uh, in very real ways. Uh, and then he goes on to Christ and humanity in Bonhoeffer's theology. So these days I'm talking a lot about our common humanity, about the human family, about what it means to be human. And Bonhoeffer, of course, treated that in abundance. And then um, uh, Green goes into the theology of sociality, uh, of sociality uh, based on the prison letters, which, again, you're talking about the real world here. Bonhoeffer writing from inside a prison cell. You really can't get more in touch with reality than that. And finally, he treats ethics, which was... Bonhoeffer's magnum opus, and you, you simply can't understand Bonhoeffer without understanding his ethics. And uh, so I hope by now I've talked about ethics before. Maybe you're already reading it. Maybe you have it, but you haven't cracked it open yet. Hope you will. In any case, if you want an overview of it, uh, turn to Clifford Green in Bonhoeffer, A Theology of Sociality. And then a uh, couple of others to mention to you is a volume by Jeffrey Kelly and F. Burton Nelson, published, I believe, by Erdman's. Yes, it is. Uh, entitled The Cost of Moral Leadership, The Spirituality of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer wasn't simply an intellectual. He wasn't simply an academic, though he was both. He was also a deeply spiritual man, a very serious Christian who took his relationship to God, his understanding of the gospel, his mandate as a pastor and prophetic witness very, very seriously. They were part and parcel. They were part of the package. You can't understand Bonhoeffer's thought without understanding his deeply personal prayer life and his ongoing conversation with God, his practice of spirituality. And that's what Kelly and Nelson treat in The Cost of Moral Leadership, the spirituality of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. 
uh, published by Erdman's. Highly recommend it to you. And then if you want a really provocative kind of, um, you know, maybe uh, uh, deliberately provocative twist on Bonhoeffer, you want to pick up Stanley Hauerwas's Performing the Faith, Bonhoeffer and the Practice of Nonviolence, Performing the Faith by Stanley Hauerwas. And this is published by Brazos Press. And let me just read um, a couple of the comments on the back of the book. This is by a pacifist, uh, looking at Bonhoeffer as a pacifist. Now, you may or may not agree with that. That may or may not be correct. Um, you know, hard to process and understand that when Bonhoeffer participated in a conspiracy to assassinate the head of state, Adolf Hitler, and commenting on Howard Watts's volume, um, Jeffrey Kelly, who wrote the, the other book I just told you about, comments uh, this way. Stan Hauerwas has done it again. He is able skillfully to blend into his book the passion for truth and justice of two of his greatest influences, Dietrich Bonhoeffer and John Howard Yoder. If you know anything about Yoder, you know what he's talking about. He takes these heroic advocates for peace into his own present-day struggle for the soul of the American nation. Howard was an admirable Christian pacifist himself, uh, dates, uh, uh, dares, excuse me, dares Christians to be the Jesus people they claim to be and to follow Jesus into the gospel path of nonviolence. So uh, this is kind of another angle on Bonhoeffer that you may or may not agree with, but will be very helpful for seeing some things about him you wouldn't otherwise probably see or examine, and very worth doing so. So if you want a shortcut to all of that, you don't want to read so many pages, go to Bunhofer for Armchair Theologians. I'm not sure. I can't remember who published that or who even authored it. I read it a long time ago, but it's a very short volume, and I remember being um, finding it very helpful. Uh, so, you know, if you're just saying, ah, oh, that just sounds overwhelming, I can't do that kind of reading or that kind of work, I don't have the time or the level of interest, or, you know, you're not used to reading uh, treaties like these, just go to uh, Bunhofer for armchair theologians and take the shortcut. But in any case, I do urge you to explore the rich mine that is the thought of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. It is his greatest contribution, I think, to Christianity, to uh, humanity, to history. It's his life and his thought, but without his thought, you really only see two dimensions of his otherwise three-dimensional life. So that's my the best I can give you. Hope you'll take me up on at least a couple of those volumes and let me know what you think, and we'll have a conversation about it in the future. Thanks again for joining me on Shank Talks Bunhofer. Uh, there's more to say 
in this series, and I'll be continuing it with the next podcast. See you then.